You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 173. Today, I'm talking all about how to finally overcome self-sabotage. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. Prior to signing up for Business by Design, what was probably missing was focus and clarity. Trusting in James and just following his processes has helped me streamline my business, simplify it, and with simplicity comes clarity, and with clarity comes action. Business by Design has, has impacted my whole life, not just my business. I, I'm working fewer hours now. Um, everything I do is much more focused. Now I know exactly what I need to do and what, what I need to focus on instead of doing all those kind of things I was doing. To see that it was a game changer in our business seems like it's selling it so short. It was a lifestyle change, it was a dream change, it was a perspective change, it was a universe change. I've spent the past six months producing an eight-part mini-series entitled The Rise of the Digital CEO in order to help transform inner-driven entrepreneurs like yourself into who you need to become in order to grow and operate a thriving business that actually runs itself instead of it running you. So if you're ready to step into that digital CEO role that you know you were meant for, head on over to www.jameswedmore.com forward slash rise right now. All right, what's up you guys? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. Man, I'm filming this or recording this right before we're going live. It's Friday morning here, so you might be listening to this Monday if you're one of our loyal regular listeners. Thank you so much. It has been a busy, busy week for me here. I just got back from seven days of traveling. I was in Canada, as you might know if you might have told you on a previous episode. I was speaking at my good buddy, Mr. Stu McLaren's event, talking to his audience about how to scale your membership. I've talked about scaling here on the podcast, the psychology of scale. People seem to like it. And then I headed off to Durango, Colorado for one of my masterminds that I participate in and just got back yesterday, last night. And that was fantastic. So, you know, I'm a big raving fan of masterminds. I don't only run one myself, but I'm a part of two. And this group, we meet just a couple times a year, but every time you reconnect with the people there, it's so amazing what can come out of a simple conversation with someone that you are just catching up with. You know, someone who's in the trenches with you, who's doing the same type of stuff as you. And they push you, they challenge you, they get you to think bigger. And I always love that. So even though I was only there for like two days, it's so valuable and so recharging and, you know, resets so many perspectives for you. So that was fantastic. And then, you know, I'm up here, it's early Friday and I'm like, we got a Monday episode we got to do. And I'm going to be honest, because people ask me this at Stu's event. So thank you again to everybody who reached out to me at the event and asked, James, 
how much do you batch your episodes? And I've tried to batch in the past, but most of the time I don't. I've tried to get really good, my team, everyone else wants me to really batch and I can't get more than like three weeks worth of episodes. And so here I am Friday, you know, right before an episode goes live. And for me, I'm okay with that because a lot of these episodes are really inspired. And that's a big thing I'm doing like this morning and last night, like just to give you an insight into my content creation or creative process, I knew coming home, okay, I got an episode, I got to do it Friday. My team is always giving me suggestions based on the feedback from people in our Facebook groups, our customers, like what are the common themes? And by the way, we do have an email now set up, mybquestions at gmail.com. If you want to send an email, what I'd love is an audio or a video of you asking your question so we can feature you in one of the upcoming episodes. But my team is always gathering great ideas for questions. And sometimes I answer the question directly. Sometimes it's kind of a, an amalgamation of making my own question out of their question. And sometimes it's just like pure inspiration. Like, and so one of the things that I do, and I was doing this ever since my YouTube days, and we built a pretty big following on YouTube. And so this might be something to help you. This has nothing to do with our topic today, but you know, sometimes I just want to chat. And again, this is a perfect example of inspired content. I just even said, okay, what could I talk about before we get into today's episode? I was like, oh, I'll talk about how I don't actually batch episodes. But I'm always asking myself a question. And the question I would always ask before I would go and make YouTube videos was, what does my audience need now? How can I best help them? And I'm constantly, constantly asking that question. So that's exactly what we did with my YouTube videos and I do the same thing here is what is the best topic to support my listeners to help them to give them what they need and I'm looking for any hit of inspiration any hit of intuition any direction whatsoever and even an hour ago I still did not know what I wanted to talk about and what happens for most of us, and I learned this long ago, is that when you don't have the answer, when you feel like a creative block, right? Like, ah, I don't know what to talk about. In that moment, you have a choice. You can be in a breakdown about it, like beat yourself up and say things like, ah, I don't know. Or you can surrender. You can let go. You can accept it. And the quicker you can do the latter, the accepting, the quicker you are gonna have the opportunity to let that new idea come in. And so I get to the office in the morning and the first thing I do after like getting in, and I'm the first one here, is I'm like, I'm gonna get some morning coffee and I'm waiting in line and I'm like, I need to record this morning to get it over to our editor and I still don't know what I'm gonna do. And then I just said, and that's okay, cause it'll come to me. And then while I was walking back to the office, I just had an idea because we have a, a survey in one of our groups where we ask questions. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna browse through those. And I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm gonna answer one directly on a podcast, but I just gonna like tap in a bit to where my people are at. And someone asked me a question in there that was like, what are our counterintuitive ways that we get in our own way? Something to that effect. And I was like, oh, 
yeah, I've always wanted to do an episode about self-sabotage because I talk about it all the time, but I've never really directly addressed it. So ta-da, here we are. So there's my long drawn out story. First thing in the morning to encourage you guys to surrender, to let go a little bit and use some intuition, use some inspiration to constantly be coming up with what your audience needs in terms of content. Okay, so have you ever dealt with self-sabotage? Well, chances are most people don't even know because self-sabotage is so sabotaging that it is completely masked, that we don't even know we're self-sabotaging. That's why it's called self-sabotaging, right? So it's like a thief or a burglar coming in in the middle of the night and you don't catch them and you don't even know that they stole something. Okay, that's how deceptive self-sabotage is. So here's how we can look for clues or indicators that you are self-sabotaging. Are you not getting what you want? Do you have persistent examples of not experiencing the results that you so friggin' desire in your life and business? And you're taking countless amount of action but you feel like you're just spinning your wheels in the mud. You're doing the things, but you don't feel any closer and you definitely don't have the result. And you don't have a freaking clue why. Like, what the heck's going on, okay? If any of that sounds remotely like you, then this is probably an episode that will be beneficial. This is probably self-sabotage going on, okay? So the first thing I'm gonna, well, a couple things. First of all, I'm gonna give you four steps that I would use to try and overcome self-sabotage. But before we get into those, we're gonna talk about it for a moment, but the biggest thing I want you to get is even though I did this if-then statement, if this is you, then you you have been diagnosed with self-sabotage. All right, I'm just gonna lay it there for you. You are sabotaging yourself, you are. I am, you are, the other listeners are, and people that aren't listening are. And we'll talk about more about that, but that's why I want you to listen to this episode because everyone is. At some level, we are sabotaging ourselves. And what's really coming up for me there is that the quicker we can accept that, the quicker we realize that it's less about, I think most of us have a story about what it's gonna take to get the results we want. And for most people, that story is a lot of action. Like here's all the work, here's all the time, and here's all the energy it's gonna take to get this thing. Yet, what my experience has been is 90% of the work, air quotes, is unsabotaging myself, getting out of my own way. And that takes inner work, not outer work. And so that's what this episode is about. And I think everyone here has something that they want, but it's not working, an area of their life that isn't where they'd like it to be. And they don't know why. And the harder they try, the more it doesn't seem to be working. So we're gonna talk about that. So let's define it. I don't know what the, I didn't search the you know Webster's Dictionary definition of self-sabotage, but here's the way in which I define it. Self-sabotage is you getting in your own way and then not knowing that you got in your own way. And that's the key. It is extremely deceptive. 
Rarely do we ever know, accept, or acknowledge that we are the culprit. So what does it mean to get in your own way? Simply put, you are taking actions, you are making decisions, and you are demonstrating behaviors that contradict the very thing that you want. It's like, I'm going to head east. I'm in California. I'm going to go to New York. And like the first thing I do is like get on a boat and go west, right? <laughs> and we're like, I don't get it. I'm not there yet. Okay. But it, it's not that. That's a very simplistic version. But we're doing this all freaking day long. Me too. If you think I'm like immune to this and I'm like, oh, I'm enlightened and I have all the answers and I don't do it. No, it's just like I am constantly turning the flashlight on and looking for it. Okay. Constantly. So if you listen to my bonus episode with Dr. Shannon Irvin, I mentioned something. I threw something out there really quickly. And it was this new definition I found that I heard that Abraham said in an, in an episode that I just like, bam, hit me so good, so good. And it was the definition that she had or Abraham had of resistance. So I think resistance is really related to this because I think resistance may be the feeling that can be associated with self-sabotage. So again, this is going to be important later on because when I describe the definition of self-sabotage, the first thing I, I say is that you don't know that you're getting in your own way. When you know it, you stop it. Like if you were taking a hammer and like hitting yourself in the head with it and then someone comes up to you and says like, hey, you shouldn't do that. That's going to hurt you. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Duh. But if you don't know it's actually hurting you, you'd keep doing it. And that's actually what we're doing. So resistance, we all know as a feeling. Like, I'm having some resistance come up for me. I don't know how many times I've heard people say that. I've said that. Oh, boy, I'm feeling a lot of resistance here, right? So the definition that Abraham gave, it's so good, is a belief. Resistance is a belief that is contrary to your desire. So that's where I want to start here, is that why would you sabotage yourself? Why? If it exists, James, and we're all doing it at some level, and there's evidence of it because no matter what I do, I still don't got what I want, then why? And there's two explanations I'm going to give, but it's the same explanation said differently. The first is this idea of resistance, that you have a belief that is contrary to what you want. But here's the thing about beliefs, and I've said this before, and this is really important because I remember going to like Tony Robbins conferences and stuff, and I remember Tony would always be like, all right, where are your limiting beliefs? We gotta find your limiting beliefs, right? And you've heard that phrase a gajillion times. But here's where self-sabotage or self-deception comes in. You don't think it's a limiting belief. Limiting beliefs don't show up for you as limiting beliefs. They show up for you as the way it is. This is the way it is. And we never, ever question the way it is. You don't question that the earth is round, although there are people out there that do. You don't question that the sun's gonna come up tomorrow. You don't question that the sky is blue. 
and you don't question that you don't have a big enough list to launch or that you don't have enough money for Facebook ads. At the time, you don't question these things. You say them as facts, as this is the way it is. And then you say, I have this desire to do this thing. But, and that's when we fill in our nonsense, okay? And that's what's happening. But here's the second part of this explanation. So the first part is that there are beliefs that do not show up as beliefs for us that are contradicting our desire. So the simplistic example is if you want to, you know, become a successful entrepreneur, very general statement, whatever that means, right? What does success mean anyways? So when you don't want to fail, but you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have a belief that is contradictory to your desire. How, where, what's the belief? Well, if you say, well, I'm afraid of failing, okay, you have a belief that failure is bad. Think about that for a moment. And we're gonna go deeper with that too. You have a belief that failure is a bad thing. Says who? Oh my gosh, the way I teach my students and clients is to get them to fail as fast as they can, right? You've heard that Silicon Valley fails is fail fast, fail often, and fail forward. They're successful because they don't think failure is bad. That's a belief. The best lessons, learning opportunities, and growth comes from failure. You've heard this a million times. You've double tapped the quotes, but thinking it and knowing it is completely different than living and operating from a place that failure is not a bad thing. If it weren't a bad thing, you wouldn't be running around trying to avoid it so much. And to take that deeper, failure itself is a belief. There is nothing that is inherently a failure. You have to decide that something is a failure. No, James, because I wanted this and I didn't get this, but you said you wanted it. You can have two people do a $100,000 webinar launch. And for one person, and this is actually a real story that happened to me, I had two clients at the exact same time, and they both hit within $1,000. One person hit like 100,000, the other person did like 101 something, right? One person, this was life-changing money for them. Life-changing. Like, holy mole, this is it. Like, boom, to the moon. The other person, this was like, oh my gosh. What am I going to do with my life? It's over. So even to say that, like $100,000 webinar launch, there is no failure inherent in that. But because one person wanted more, they did, said, I want more, and they didn't get that, they called it a failure. And as soon as you call it a failure anyways, and you think, and you have a belief that failure is bad, so there's belief on top of belief, you're not going to find any good in it. You're not gonna find the lessons, the opportunities, or the breakthroughs. Okay, so that's the first piece, right? The second thing is I wanna offer that when you're in sabotage mode, self-sabotage, deception, like you don't even know it, and I told you that sabotaging yourself is taking an action, a decision, or a behavior that contradicts what you want. We have to ask why would we ever, ever do that? And the answer is simple. Even though it doesn't really matter why, it, the answer is simple. You get a secondary gain from the sabotage. There is a benefit in it for you. Okay, so for example, 
if you want to succeed by doing, let's just use this webinar launch for an example. You want to succeed and help a lot of people, income and impact. So you want to do this webinar launch, but you take an action that contradicts doing that webinar launch to sabotage yourself, whatever that action might be. Maybe it's like, you like don't set up the recording properly and, it, and it, you don't even go live or you keep delaying the start of it or whatever it is, right? And you don't end up doing the thing you want. There may be a benefit in not doing that for you to look at. And we're gonna go deeper with this in a moment. Like, wow, by not putting myself out there, I avoid failure, I get to stay safe, I get to stay in my comfort zone, I get to stay what is certain and known for me. There's a benefit there. So that's the second thing I want you to get. First thing is that we all self-sabotage. The second thing is that there's a benefit in it for us to protect us. Okay, so that's my foundation piece. I hope you're still with me. I hope that makes sense. I hope you're on it and you're ready to get through this. Okay, so I wanna just walk you through four steps. I think there could be a thousand steps and I think there could be a thousand different ways that we could do this, but I just wanna offer four things that we can do right now. So let's get into those. Step number one is to accept right now <laughs> that you are sabotaging yourself in some way or another. I think that's an important first place to come, and I know I've already talked about it, but I think we need to accept it, that this is something that you're not seeing. It's a blind spot in your life. You, you can't notice it, because if you noticed it, you wouldn't be doing it, right? Just like if someone pointed out, hey, you shouldn't be hitting yourself in the head with a hammer, you'd stop. Okay, so I think step number one is to really come from a place that in some way, somewhere in your life, you are, we all are. And I think when you accept that, it opens you up to the opportunity to be more present, to be more self-aware, to begin to be the, the Sherlock Holmes of where this sabotage could be taking place. And the phrase we always say in these parts over and over again is what got you here won't get you there. And I've always referenced the Einstein quote that I love, you know, it's something to the effect of you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. So if there's somewhere in your life where some there's a sticking point, or it just no matter what, like, man, I can't seem to get this thing, instead of looking outside, instead of blaming someone, we can say maybe, just maybe, this is an area where I'm getting in my own way. And to really make sure here in this step one of acceptance that there is nothing but self-love here. And I think that's so critical for me to share with you. So critical because what most people do is if they do the work that I'm gonna suggest here and they find out that they are sabotaging themselves, they then shame all over themselves. They make themselves wrong and bad. There's something messed up with them. They're broken. And that is the worst thing you can do because that's another form of self-sabotage. And self-love is something that you know we've talked about in the past and it's something that's so important to me and it needs to be important to you. So one of the ways it can help you with this like seemingly like opposite contradiction here of like, I get in my own way, but like, how do I just love myself for it? Is that understanding that there is that benefit. It's not like there's a part of you that wants to see you 
be destroyed and fail. It's the part of you that's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe. It doesn't want you to put yourself out there in something uncomfortable and uncertain. It wants you to survive. And the more you can just honor that and appreciate that and thank that and express gratitude for that part of you, whether we want to call it an ego or whatever, the more you do that, the less resistance you're going to have against that thing, right? Like, thank you for protecting me or having an intention to protect me and keep me safe, but I don't need this. I don't need to be kept safe from doing this webinar or doing that Facebook Live or whatever, okay? And that's really important. So, acceptance. Acceptance that we are in some area, in some way in our lives, and it's okay. So now we need to start step number two, looking for it. And I always remember a quote that Tony Robbins would say, that he said something to the effect of like, you gotta turn frustration into fascination. And so that's what I'm gonna look recommend here in the second step, is to begin to uncover it. We wanna look to where there are negative emotions in our lives. Where do we get triggered? Where do we get upset? Where do we get frustrated? Where do we get angry? Those negative emotions need to be the biggest clues for you, the Sherlock Holmes, that will allow to unravel where you might be getting in your own way. So that's the next step. Step number two is to begin to look for that negative emotion. And just to continue with what Tony says about be fascinated with frustration, what that would really mean is looking at that and saying, why am I angry about this? Why is this triggering me? What have I made this mean? And what is it I'm not taking responsibility for? What is it I'm avoiding? And begin to ask some better questions. Now, the thing is like, yes, you can hire a coach that can help you through this, which is fantastic. Most people won't ever do this. So I took a lot of time to be my own coach and continue to ask myself questions. And, you know, it was Richard Bandler and Tony Robbins that said, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask. Ask yourself better freaking questions. So that's step number two. See if any breakthrough clarity or opportunity shows up for you. That's usually where you'll find it. That's usually where you'll find what you're not doing or how you're, where the wrong belief is. So it's the emotion is usually being triggered by a thought or belief you have about what just happened or what you're experiencing. And it's that belief that is the thing that is contrary to your desire. And if we can begin to change that belief, then we can not sabotage ourselves in that way, okay? So this is a lot of work and it's deep work, but it's powerful. So what I would do there is if I got to something, if I kind of like noticed or uncovered something, and by the way, I'll, I'll give you a fantastic example at the end. But if I got to that place, here's what step three is. Ask better questions and create from the end. So if we go back to the quote, that really I think is so relevant for this episode of the Einstein quote, if you can't solve the problem from the same level of consciousness that created it, we need to be able to shift our perspective or shift where our consciousness is, shift our, really our, just our perspective, our awareness, our attention, 
okay? And you can do that by asking a different question, okay? So I'm gonna give you a few to help you out here because we really can't, you can't get to the solution in the problem. That's why we stay stuck, okay? Because you just stay in the problem. So here are three ways that we can start to access that. So if you're in a place of like, I don't know, or gosh, I can't figure this out, I don't know the answer, we can begin to imagine, well, what if I did know the answer? Or what if I had solved this? Or what if I had done this before? What would I know that I don't know now? Or what would I do differently? Or what new idea or perspective would I have? Okay, so when you're in a place of I don't know, we can shift that to, well, what if I did know? And you can see what comes up for you. Well, I don't know. Well, I know I don't know, but, but what if I did know, what would the answer be? Or what would I do? And then the next one is a lot of times we start to tell the story that things aren't possible for all the reasons and circumstances in our life, because we have kids, because we have another job, we have all these things. And then we just decide it's not possible. And so what if you could start to say, well, what if for a moment this were possible? What if I had done this, even though I have a job and kids and other responsibilities? What would that look like? And then another one that I love, because a lot of times we get overwhelmed and things get really hard and challenging and we say, okay, well, if this were easy, how would I do it? If this were easy, what would it look like? All we're doing here in step number three is getting you to shift your perspective to look at your current situation from the vantage point of the desire. The desire of, I know the answer, I know it's possible, and I know it's easy. And just asking questions like that can give you an unbelievable amount of clarity that you are denying yourself right now and you don't even know you're denying it. So that's step number three. Try to go to the end. Try to go back to what you want. Just what you want, just the outcome. Not the circumstances, not what you think it's gonna take to get there. Just go to the end and start to look. Well, if I did know this, if I knew it was possible, if I knew it were easy, if I knew I could do it, if I knew it was fun, if I knew it was whatever I want it to be, what would that look like? And what I'm gonna guess is that you'll discover an answer that is outside your comfort zone or it's counterintuitive. It's not what you would normally do. And that's gonna take us to step number four, which is to take the uncomfortable counterintuitive action. This, I think, is the most powerful step because there is something that is gonna show up for you that's not what you would normally do, and that's something you gotta lean into. Oh, I would never do that. Oh, that's not me, or that doesn't align with me. Of course it doesn't, because you've never done it before, and you've never done it before because it's outside your comfort zone, and it's outside your comfort zone, so it's really uncertain and unknown and scary and uncomfortable. So let's do what's safe and known and what we're used to, but that's just gonna continue to get us what we always got. Because what got you here won't get you there. So you must, must, must be willing to do the uncomfortable thing that's outside your comfort zone. And the quicker you can go through this process and go, ah, this is the thing I need to do, and then do it now versus, oh, uh, then your brain's going to say, well, the timing's not right, and it's, it's late as it is, and you're tired, and you should probably wait, and then it's the weekend, so we should do it next. Oh, but Monday's a holiday too. And it will talk you out of it, 
and talk you out of it and talk you out of it. And when you can start to say, no, this thing that is something I would normally never do, it's not who I am, it's outside, oh my gosh, it's a little scary. That's the thing that you go, okay, so I must. All right, so I'm gonna do that right now, even though it's scary. Because that's where being courageous comes in. Okay, so I'm gonna recap the four steps. I'm gonna show you a fantastic example that happened to me a long time ago and how I actually wasn't really able to get myself out of this. I had to have the help of some hot seat coaching. So self-sabotage, getting out of it, number one is just accepting the fact that you are and becoming the detective looking for it. Number two is use negative emotion like frustration and anger and anything that really upsets you as the indicator or the clue to where the self-sabotage lies. It's right behind that, always. Number three, once you find that, begin to ask better questions from the end in mind, from this solution-based questions. And number four, take the uncomfortable counterintuitive action. And that's gonna, boom, create a new habit, a new neurological pathway, as they, all the nerdy brain science people say, okay? So, all right, here's a great example. This is at a time where I've told you guys on the podcast before, I struggled for a very long time. And in the midst of this struggle, what I didn't understand or realize at the time was I was working on about seven different business projects and it took two events in my life to realize that I was doing this and it was a form of self-sabotage. And now it's something I actually teach. So the first thing, I was working on seven businesses, seven at once, and I didn't think that was a bad thing. I hope y'all do, okay? So the first thing was I went to an event and it was in Las Vegas and I'll never forget this. And I went with a friend of mine who's a good friend, but he was not like in the industry or anything. He's just a good friend. And he's just kind of like a good listener. You know, we always got one of those friends and he sits me down and I just tell him like, I'm just like, this is tough. Like I'm struggling right now. So there, there's the like, okay, I feel negative emotions. Something's not working, blah, blah, blah. I still didn't think it was me. Thought I was just missing some funnel or secret tool, right? Wasn't working hard enough. And he sat down with me and he pulls out a pen and paper and he's like, well, why don't you just tell me what you're working on? And just answering that question took like 15 minutes. And I saw everything that he was writing down as I was saying it to him. Now, he didn't catch it himself. He didn't say like, you're working on too many things. But I started to get a glimpse of it. I started to say maybe that, whoa, that's a lot. Like just saying it, like holy cow, seven different businesses. Like, okay, we've got this product that I'm trying to create in the fitness space and I'm working with this partner on this and I wanna start this and oh my goodness, right? It was nuts. So that gave me a little bit of an awareness. But then fast forward about a year later, cause I was still doing this, I was invited to a mastermind and I was put on a hot seat. I don't remember 90% of what was said or anything, but someone there was good enough to coach me, and they asked me, well, what else is on your plate right now? And that's when I started sharing all these different things. They said something to the effect of like, you know, let me ask, like, how do you expect to get any one of these done when you spread your time so thin working on all of them? And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, some dumb answer, you know? And there was something that they said that just clicked so much for me. And I don't even remember what it was, but I remember 
the biggest epiphany for me was the reason I was spreading myself so thin and working on seven projects was because I was so afraid that one of them wouldn't work and that I would have wasted my time that I thought I was hedging my bets and being smart and playing safe by working on seven projects. One out of those seven have got to work, but years were going by and none of them were progressing. And all of that was coming from a fear of it's not going to work out. And it was that day that I committed to one and a one a hundred percent. And that commitment was video traffic Academy. And as those of you guys who know the story, I launched video traffic Academy with my friend and business partner, Lewis Howes in September of 2011. And we generated 400 plus thousand dollars in sales in 30 days. Now that mastermind was just months before it, like right before when we launched, it shifted everything. But for four years, I had been getting in my way doing stuff like that. And now today, seven plus years later, I know not to go back there. And if I saw myself starting to do that, I would recognize it. Okay, so that was one way that I was sabotaging my success. I was playing safe so that I was protecting my time and my dream, but I didn't realize that it was costing me my dream. And that's how self-sabotage plays out. It has really, really good intentions, but it doesn't always result in what we want. And it's gonna take some freaking cojones, some courage to do the thing that's outside your comfort zone, to go against the safe way, the survival way. You can't thrive when you're trying to survive. So I had to make a decision, a leap of faith, right? Leap in the net will appear and say, I'm gonna go all in on this one thing here because I wasn't going all in on the product. I was going all in on myself. And that's the difference. And people ask me a thousand times, hey, I've got three niche ideas and product ideas. How do you decide? And I say, it's so much less about which is the right answer. And it's so much about who you are in the right way that you approach one of those. Are you willing to go all in on something and give 110% of what you got on that one thing? And then you making that decision to do that and showing up that way, that's the thing that makes it work. That's the thing that creates the success. Not the luck of, oh, I guess I chose the right one. There's a hundred other niches and products and ideas that I could go in right now. And I'm clear, it doesn't really matter which idea I go with. What does matter is that I take 100% of me with that idea. All right, you guys, I hope this offered something. I hope that you can be a little bit more of the Sherlock Holmes in your life and in your business life and begin to uncover the ways in which we might just be getting in our way. And we all do, and it's okay. And I still do, and it's okay. We're human. We're entrepreneurs, which means we're already committed to something that the average person is not. We're willing to do things that the average person wouldn't even dream about. People think we're crazy for doing what we do, but man, do we love it. 
and we get to grow so, so much. So this is just an acknowledgement to your commitment to growth. And I really appreciate that, that the fact that you listen to this podcast shows me and is absolute proof that you have that commitment, that you already know that the more you look within and the more you commit to the evolution of who you are, the more you're going to grow and the more your business is going to grow. So you're on the right track. You're doing the right things and just keep going. Thank you so much for listening. We have more episodes coming your way. Make sure to subscribe. And hey, thank you everybody who's been leaving a review on iTunes. If you haven't let yet, that really helps us in the iTunes ranking. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback, your breakthroughs from the show. Uh, you can leave a review over on iTunes. And don't forget, you can send me a DM on Instagram anytime you feel inspired to. Thanks so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. For years, I filled my head with every course, strategy, and tactic, yet I still struggled. I worked 12 to 14 hour days every single day trying to build an online business, yet I still had nothing to show for it. And you may be feeling this way as well. Maybe you're starting to think that the solution is to work more, to work harder, to start saying yes to the things that you know you shouldn't be saying yes to. And if this doesn't stop right now, where do you think you're gonna end up? You see, what most struggling entrepreneurs never ever realize is that your business and the results you have right now are simply a reflection of you. They're a reflection of you and the entrepreneur that you're being. And sadly, most people running businesses today don't have a clue how to actually be an entrepreneur. Now that's why they try to rely on the old outdated strategies that hardworking employees use to get ahead. You know, things like work harder, work longer, rely on your sweat equity, and of course, do what you're told. But you and I both know that being a successful entrepreneur is anything but that. And that's why I wanna peel back the curtain to show you exactly how I've been running and operating my multiple seven-figure online business for years now. And quite frankly, it's different than anything you've ever heard before. I've spent the past six months producing an eight-part mini-series entitled The Rise of the Digital CEO in order to help transform inner-driven entrepreneurs like yourself into who you need to become in order to grow and operate a thriving business that actually runs itself instead of it running you. Plus, I'll show you the five core ingredients that you simply can't do without if you want more scalability and consistency in your business. So if you're ready to step into that digital CEO role that you know you were meant for, head on over to www.jameswedmore.com forward slash rise right now. My business was transformed literally overnight. In less than five months, working a full-time corporate job, being a mommy to an eight-year-old boy, I grew my email list from 180 to 5,400 with less than five months. And the transformation has been huge, radical. I feel like I have those missing pieces that are really gonna allow me to scale my business and just absolutely have the most amazing breakthrough year. And it's transformed me into a a better entrepreneur, a better businessman. Allowed me to do a six-figure beta launch 
uh, with a live event and all of that in May. You're teaching us skills. You're giving us skills. You're giving us the opportunity to do things that are really important, uh, having an impact in other people's lives. But the other thing that it's allowing us to do is to live a life of our own choosing. 